Hello, and welcome to the WorkPrints TV Talk, episode 20. I'm your hostess with the mostest, Christian, and this episode is our Halloween-themed episode, so we'll be talking Ghoulies and the Netflix original series, Daybreak. Daybreak is a high school dramedy about a Canadian outcast's quest to find his missing British girlfriend in the post-apocalypse of Glendale, California. Fair warning, this episode is filled with spoilers, as the show is jam-packed with a little bit of everything, but especially references to pop culture, of which there are many, and we'll be getting into in this podcast. Uh, Co-hosting with me today is Nicole, the features editor and longtime workprint veteran, and superb overall person in, you know, the site and in real life, and just in general. Nicole, is a pleasure to talk to you every time. Uh, we talk about the show, some of its surprising reveals, and delve into overall thoughts about this season. We hope you enjoy this episode, and uh, happy Halloween. Take care. We officially started recording. Hi. Okay. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> uh, what's up, everyone? Uh, this is Christian and Nicole, and we're going to be talking about Daybreak. And, uh, yeah, that's... That's it. So, uh, Nicole, I have a question for you. Okay. If you were a ghoulie in Daybreak, where would they find you and what would you say? Um, good question. I, hmm. This is a very Halloween-themed episode, too, so just (laughs) FYI, audience, because it's, I'm going to be releasing this tomorrow, so it's going to be, like, the day before Halloween, so, yay. I would probably be at the supermarket, um, my, and my last, and uh, my last stupid thought would be, um, um, uh, how come they don't have, um, better than cheddar bratwursts here? (laughs) Wow, that's very specific. Do you eat bratwurst a lot? It's one of my, well, it's one of my favorite food groups. But also, I was just at Target looking for it, so I was like, that was very fresh in my mind, and I feel like that would be something, like an everyday thing that I would be doing just completely randomly when the apocalypse would hit. <laughs> I can I can actually kind of see that. That's that's very funny. Also, very, <laughs> again, very unique. I didn't know that people eat bratwurst, like, on a, on a weekly basis. <laughs> yes. Uh, probably most people don't, and it's probably not very healthy for you, but... Uh, I love it. <laughs> but you're a special, special case. Yay. What about you? Um, for me, I would probably be asking for more guacamole at Chipotle. It's like, <laughs> do I want the guacamole? I'd probably be saying something like along lines of like, I guess I shouldn't get it, but it's just a little bit extra. In fact, that's probably verbatim what I'd be saying as I turn into a zombie. I guess I shouldn't get it, but it's just a little bit extra. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, because I, I guiltily, I admit, I, I get burritos like once a week, roughly, if not always at Chipotle, but often at Chipotle. But um, yeah, it's like my favorite. It's like a staple to my food group. The way that rotwurst is to you is what burritos are to me. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. So on on that note, um, let's talk daybreak. Yes. So what would you say? like three words that you would use to describe the series off the charts Mm. Mm. (laughs) i mean that's like one phrase but it's three words i guess technically (laughs) um yeah it's it's just it's crazy i like it it reminds me of community a lot that's that's why i liked it a lot but uh what about you surprisingly endearing endearing Ooh. okay please tell me um 
I like like I think by the end of the um by the end of episode 10 I was really surprised and it kind of made me rethink the entire series and like from like character perspectives and like it's uh, like I um like I know sort of the feel that they were trying to go for after interviewing um the executive producers at Comic-Con but Mm -hmm. it, it was and it was it was definitely a very Buffy sort of like vibe that they were going for interesting but um like it what I liked about it too is that it wasn't like I get where they were trying to go with that but at the same time it was kind of its own thing and so I really liked it and really like binge watched it almost in like a day see yeah. it's awesome that you could have done like that you did that because like I saw the first two <laughs> and then I was uh, volunteering at DerpyCon and ah, like mm-hmm. I had no time to finish the rest until like I think about Sunday night Monday morning ish mm-hmm. and like I regretted it because like I I wanted to get the article up earlier like than that, but it, it's fine. But um, I think my take of it was the first two episodes, I wasn't initially sold. I was like, this is very, very campy mm-hmm. and like kind of cheesy and very high school centric. It seems like it's a targeted towards uh, Generation Zers, which I put in my article. Um, but <coughs> once you get into it, once you hit the second half of the season, oh my God, mm-hmm. like, yeah. they, as you mentioned, they... Yeah, they really recontextualize everything. All these moments of, oh, it's just happy, you know, high school mm-hmm. moment, whatever things. Um, they, they, they show it from a new lens, so it gives more depth to the story. And it's it's all about, like, putting up that false image and, and like, dealing with, you know, being yourself and identity, really, you know? Agreed. Yeah, I would say from, like, episode five onwards, it got so good. And, yeah. like, what would, what would you say was your favorite episode? Uh, this is, it's, it's not super show related, but for me, Mm -hmm. it's, um, it's, it's seeing Rizza. Oh my god, (laughs) me too! Oh, okay, wow, that's weird. Episode five, it was so good. I was like, oh my god. Yeah. I, I, like, I know that they, um, like the, the executive producers talked about, like, having a different sort of tone to almost every episode and I think when that episode hit it really did sort of start that off for me so it was so nice and refreshing it kind of reminded me of Good Omens remember that episode where um, oh was, yeah like the midpoint, like 21 yeah. minutes yeah exactly yeah <laughs> yeah <coughs> well well that one was like because they've uh, this show is weird. It plays with styles a lot, mm-hmm. and that one mm-hmm. in particular was like an anime-centric, yes. uh, Riza narrating loved. samurai. Yeah, yeah, same here. It was just so unique and different. And then you know what I loved is like after that they did like another three or four episodes that were also unique in its mm-hmm. own style. Absolutely, I, I think it was. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. It's like you once they got got away from Josh, like just focusing solely on Josh. Mm-hmm. It seems like the series picked up for me. Yes. And, like, speaking of Josh, by the end, I was like, oh, my God, he's such a douchebag. And, like, I really didn't like him as a character anymore. <laughs> well, all right, so that's funny that you say that because you say anymore. I, I didn't like him From to begin with, oh, but I okay. know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was supposed to be, like, the John Everyman to me. But, like, yeah. he was also trying to be cool Ferris Bueller. Yeah. And then by the end of it, you realize he's just this, like, loser nerd kind of a dick dude, you know? Yeah, I think, um, like, at the beginning for me, he seemed like a genuinely nice person because, but then again, it's because everyone was sort of selling him as that, like, that's what you were meant to see at the beginning, right? And then, of course, mm-hmm. by the end, that changes. 
Oh, no, absolutely. And, like, even his relationship with Sam. Actually, that's what I loved about the show, is by the end of it, everyone is not what you thought they were. Yes. You know? They really break... Yeah, and uh, I think the show does a great job of playing with the stereotypes of, like, the John absolutely. Hughes stuff. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, by the end of it, everyone kind of defies, like, who they are, you know? What would you say was, like, the biggest um, surprise for you, like, story-wise? <coughs> um... I guess I should have seen this coming, but mm-hmm. uh, was her name KJ? Mm-hmm. KJ and Sam. I or not Sam uh, and uh, uh, Josh. I did not see that whole thing happening. Ah, for me it was um, uh, Wesley and Turbo. Like the moment when you. Interesting. All right. So. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah, uh, talk 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 uh, a bit about the Wesley Turbo relationship love story. Hold on, I think. Hmm. I think. Oh wait, sorry, you cut off, or at least I could not hear you. <laughs> could you repeat oh, what you said? I wasn't. <laughs> no, it's funny because I was gonna say I think it cut. I was just gonna let it run, but it, okay. it did cut. Um, I was gonna say, what, what were your thoughts on Wesley and Turbo Bro Jock? Which that name, by the way, is amazing. Um, I was super pleasantly surprised by their relationship because when they I forget which episode it was when they revealed it like it kind of at the very end when Wesley went back to um the cereal factory to like you think it's to like to just to feed um him and um and Baron Triumph and then they start kissing and I was like wait what I didn't see this at all that was that was actually a really really good twist and um something that I really wasn't expecting just because I mean we didn't really know much about um, Turbo at that point, and mm-hmm. it it also kind of lent the sort of the mystery of what happened between them that um, that's that made Wesley go rogue, right? So I thought that was really fun, and and I super super enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was it was a great episode, and like, how did you feel about the relationship towards the end, like with with Wesley trying to save you know Turbo? I mean, I I get it, and, like, I still wasn't exactly sh- Like, I get that he was doing it for love and blah, 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 but at this, that whole, the whole premise of, with, that, with Turbo still having killed so many people and that seemingly being okay at the end, like, was kind of not exactly kosher you know what i mean like like i get people did stupid things and blah 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 but he killed a lot of people so he did yeah but like a popular trope in the apocalypse stories are like you have the one bad boy reformed right oh well that's true yeah that's yeah (laughs) turbo is totally going to be that bad boy which is funny because like i i don't know I, i didn't really like him until he had his own unique episode and then i realized you know he's actually kind of a cool guy yeah, and his dad, like, that was so surprising. That was that really was, good, too. <laughs> yeah, that was really funny. His dad being, like, this ridiculous supermodel, what is it, hero, Yeah, who works with uh, Doctors Without Borders, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. He was so popular that his picture is on, like, all the picture frames at the, at the mall. And Wesley's like, this is such a bullshit backstory, and it's all real. Yeah. Yeah. So, so priceless. Because um, uh, we're talking about relationships, let me ask you. Team KJ or Team Sam in terms of the romance with Josh? I, you know, by the end, 
I think neither because Josh doesn't deserve to be with anyone. <laughs> Damn it, Nicole. You know what's really funny is that's actually what I was going to follow that question up with and be like, yeah, that guy's a douche. Fuck him. Um, well, also, I don't know. Like, everyone's kind of, with the exception of KJ, everyone's like, the, of the triangle, they're all... Mm-hmm. Like, Sam and Josh are horrible for their own reasons. Mm-hmm. But I love that of KJ, like, her character. She, she's just nothing but kick-ass and, like, smart as fuck. Agreed. And although, I mean, how did you feel when she um, initially was going to peace out and, like, not help them kind of uh, take down Baron, Tri- Baron Triumph? Do you feel like that, that was a sense. smart thing to do? Yeah. It, it's in her MO. Like, that's. Yeah. Like, she's always just been a survivalist and observing from a distance while waiting to act. Like, if if there was anybody I would be in the apocalypse, it'd be very similar to her character, honestly. But mm-hmm. that being said, like, she did come, like, at the end. So, it, kind of pulling a Han Solo in that sense. Like, you could yeah. say, oh, well, it was on the fence, but it's like actions speak louder than words, right? True. So. Very true. Yeah. Um, but she was a good character and she was surprising and like I wasn't expecting her to kind of appear as like a secondary love interest at least at the beginning with Josh and mm-hmm. I think also like her character seems a lot more um, what's the correct word like not realistic exactly but more maybe more relatable than like Sam I would say yeah, it's weird. And not Sam. just because she's Asian. Not just because she's Asian. <laughs> I mean, it's awkward because we're both Asian and talking about her. But um, yeah. <laughs> so, all right, so let's let's shift towards Sam and like why Sam's awful. Because like Josh, eventually people would dislike him because he's the he's the everyman type mm-hmm. trope, and there's always going to be annoying parts about that. But Sam, what the fuck? <laughs> um. I, like, she's, she's this, I, and I, I like that they subverted the, oh, she's this perfect girl who's super kind and nice and this object of affection, but then towards the later half, you know, she's, you see she's vulnerable, she's kind of edgy, she's, you know, mm-hmm. she's open to experiences and stuff. She's, she's more than just a one-dimensional, like, trophy princess yeah. to be saved. But then she kind of just royally fucks everyone, right? Yes. And, well... I'm kind of mixed about her because, like, even though she royally fucks everyone, like, by, at least with, like, the slime thing with Baron Triumph and stuff, like, you, I don't think she knew what she, well, she definitely didn't know what was going to happen, right? And mm-hmm. because she realizes that she did fuck up she's she was still willing to kind of try and help everyone and stop baron triumph and so in that respect like i wasn't exactly like i wasn't exactly against her necessarily mm-hmm. especially because in that um that episode where you find out where um josh called her a slut and like that whole that whole bit yeah it i think like as a woman those are things that you you know you experience growing up and like not necessarily that exact thing of course but it's like snippets of that and so then I could definitely relate to her character a lot more and see Mm -hmm. that okay well you know she's been underestimated a lot blah 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 and of course by the end of the series where she um kind of ends up leading the jocks that 
I was actually really kind of happy for her character to end up doing that because she at least, you know, wasn't going to just buy into that damsel in distress narrative and like go with Josh because that would be stupid. I no, don't get me wrong. I I I can see the ascent, but like <coughs> she's she's just queen now. It's weird. It was just like mm-hmm. I did not see that coming, but then it kind of makes sense cuz she's loved by literally everyone or at least she was. Um, and she also worked really, uh, hand in hand with, with, um, Baron Triumph, right? So, like, she's been along the ride for the whole That's thing. true. That's true. That's a good point. So mm-hmm. then I guess the question is if, if they end up doing a second season, like, are you going to see more of her motivations into, like, do, do you feel like she, she, cause you know how, um, there were those scenes where she said that she was really annoyed and like um wish that josh never posted that viral video because yeah she was it that she did not want the attention of people like loving her more or like why was it why was she resentful of that if in the end she she actually liked it you know what i mean like i think it can be both it's not like life isn't about being one thing or the other and i think her character is a great example of 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 showing that like Mm -hmm. i think she didn't expect the attention but she was trying to do something Uh, i think she was kind of coerced into doing that video too right from from uh president or a president from uh principal burr or something right was that okay i totally missed that if that was the case <laughs> well i i think i'm i'm guessing here i don't remember fully but i'm pretty sure a lot of that had to do with with their relationship like between the two of them um but that said like i i think she said it best towards i think her episode which was i think was like the second to last episode mm-hmm. like she was just a kid they yeah. you, you're you're okay to make these mistakes like you're a teenager it's high school this is the time to do these things and like suffer the ramifications mm-hmm. or whatever from them you know but it, like you experiment you do things because that's high school right mm-hmm. so um i am looking forward to a season two if it does happen but we'll see me too yeah um sorry go ahead oh no i was gonna ask you um if you were to join a tribe which one would you pick uh oh well, that's a good one um Hmm. Uh, I'd probably be and with the gamers, honestly. Ah, oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, because like I can see myself doing that. Not because I'm a huge gamer, but just because I can. I like how isolated they are and smart they were about how they went about things. So yeah, they seem pretty like insulated as far as um at least being protected goes right if you weren't in the mall that would have been like another alternative place like a good place to be at absolutely and i like that they were working not with but like they knew what was happening with every every group every every organization Mm -hmm. i i like that i like and they had internet (laughs) that too actually yeah that alone would get me to join their group what about Um, you i think i would try to bug up with the cheermazons although i would probably fail their test (laughs) (laughs) yeah not so athletic but yeah (laughs) well it's funny because they're uh, i like their their taste test test where um if you were poisoned you just got like really bad diarrhea as compared to just straight out dying Dying. (laughs) that's one of the things i like about this show is that there's not a lot of death there is and when it happens it's usually funny but it's not mm-hmm. over the top with all the killing, which 
because I, I love the post-apocalypse genre. I love the zombies, hands mm-hmm. down. So, like, you see it so much. We're at a point now where it's kind of exhausting. Yeah. I like that the show doesn't mm-hmm. just just rely on that. Yeah. Speaking of that, what did you think of the special effects? Because um, one of the things that I think the show really tried to do was um, do a lot of practical um, practical effects. So I like I actually highly enjoyed it. What about you? I I did too. I'm actually I didn't know that they did mostly practical because the the budget on this thing looks really high. Yeah. So um, when at Comic Con, they the producers had said that so their inspiration was obviously um, Mad Max, right, for Fury Road. Yeah. And they Mm -hmm. um, essentially wanted to take that, but like a notch higher, and do it, of course, in their own way. And so. I think that they really did a great job, especially with um, that scene where um, the hand came out of Matthew Broderick's um, stomach. That was beautiful. <laughs> that was beautiful. <laughs> but, like, that it was so ridiculous. Actually, okay, so let's talk about this, because we haven't yes. yet. Yes, um, Matthew Broderick and Principal Burr slash Baron Triumph. Whoa! That did was you so that good. Coming? That was so good. It was. No, I yeah. did not. <laughs> I think I messaged you like I because I all right so, so when we, we watched we watched the, the thing at Comic Con together the pilot mm-hmm. and I messaged you all right I ta- I said before you left like yo Baron Triumph or that guy is totally just Matthew Roderick because it would make the most logical sense and they red herringed it they they tried to explain it away it's like oh that's Eli or whatever yeah and it totally came full circle like mid season it's like it was it was <laughs> Matthew after Broderick all yeah stuff yeah yeah which was brilliant uh, did you see that coming at all. I didn't, and although I do, I actually do remember you mentioning that, and I was thinking, oh, like that would be so great if he was, and because that would such that would really go against even um, for his uh, for what people associate with him with Ferris Bueller, right? So mm-hmm. it's it's amazing, yeah, it was really good on their part. Yeah. Absolutely, and it's funny that you mentioned that because like a big you know big inspiration for the show is Ferris Bueller, mm-hmm. and as I was mm-hmm. researching to do the article. I didn't realize this, but the comic creator actually created the series to be basically Ferris Bueller in, in the apocalypse. apocalypse. Yeah. So That's like, awesome. he, yeah. So the main character, Josh, he's supposed to be basically Ferris Bueller, which is perfect that they cast the uh, Matthew Broderick to be, you know, the principal. Hims- yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's very <laughs> freaky. Yeah, because you're right. Like there, you know, when when um, there was that scene, I think wasn't in the first episode where um, Principal Burr is going Wheeler, Wheeler, which it yeah. very much harkens to Bueller, Bueller. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of pr- the principal, that actually makes me think also of um, the witch. And what do you think is happening to their bodies as it's mutating? Um, you know, during this time period. Yo, honestly, I think they're gonna go super zombies. That's that's the only thing I can think of. Yeah, because like, yeah, the witch's back when they showed um, how it was, it reminded me of. So I have trypophobia. I think that's how you pronounce it. But it's like the fear of like um, circles, like of like pattern oh. circles. So there, if you Google it, you'll see, and it's disgusting. But the, so that <laughs> image on her back was just like that. And it was very triggering and disgusting. And mm. it, it looked like all of these things were ready to kind of erupt from her back. Right. It, like, yeah. like, like spores or something. Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> but do you think, though, too, that their explanation was, um, at least for the witch, that she survived kind of retaining some parts of her herself because of that um, brain injury after fall- being pushed down the stairs by Burr? It seems like that's what they're heavily implying. Like, mm-hmm. I and I can see that too, because like she literally had a traumatic brain injury right mm-hmm. when the uh, the bomb went off. Right. Yeah. Um, that said, <coughs> I, why is it that he mm-hmm. contained or ke- has kept some of his memories? I don't. I don't. That's the only part that throws the monkey wrench in. You know, because he so he had like a panic room right in his office. Yeah. So I'm we, I'm assuming yeah. he went there. But even then, um, you would think that whatever um, biochemical uh, material that was in those missiles would still be in the air after um, um, like after the after the bomb went off and after he finally came out right you would think he would still get infected but maybe because he didn't well, he, take the initial blast he, I don't know isn't he infected though because he has the third hand he survived getting an arrow to the chest or was it the arrow i don't remember he gets yeah. stabbed with a sword stabbed with the sword, arrow yeah. yeah and then there was a scene too where there was something weird happening with his back as well like when he was in the cage mm-hmm. in um in the cereal factory so i kind of feel like whatever is happening with the two adults are probably similar but maybe the progression is not the same i don't know no, I, I totally agree with you. I, I think it it's probably attached with the school somehow. Hmm. Like, because... Mm-hmm. Well, then again, no, because if it, that were the case, then wouldn't there be other teachers? Season 2 material right there. Uh, there we go, yeah. <laughs> hmm, interesting. Unless the, all the teachers were outside during the homecoming game. Which is That's possible. That's a possibility. Yeah, because they were yeah. the only two that were in, because they were, you know, fighting. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> Hmm, okay. Oh, what did you think of um, the witch and Angelica's relationship? Amazing. I, it just it melted my heart that they had a mother-daughter <laughs> thing the entire yeah. time. Yeah, oh my gosh. Like that final scene where um, uh, Angelica didn't want to leave her. Oh, so weepy. <laughs> yeah. I, I not going to lie, a part of me was almost tearing up, too, because I, I don't know, I'm a sucker for these things in fiction. And so like that one, I was like, oh, she's gone. And then when she was like, no, I just turned into mist, mist. up here. Hi. What, <laughs> yeah, what are we sad about? I, I, I laughed. I literally laughed out loud. So when they um, did that, I wondered, did she actually turn into mist or was it like she just like ran away? <laughs> I mean, we saw her try to do it before, and she just ran into a wall. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm excited, though, if they if they delve into her special powers, because it's obvious that she has something. Yeah. At least she can at least, like, open her mouth. Really wide. Like, re- yeah. Exactly, and store things in there. She's like a, <laughs> she's like an R2-D2 storage unit. Um, <laughs> oh, before, before we wrap up, because we're almost out of time, um, Eli... Ooh, oh my god. And the Pokemon card battle between him and Josh. Oh my god, that was such like a like a heartstring pulling scene. Like I know. And like I you know, I I mean Eli was there set up as uh, as a comic relief, right? But Mm -hmm. by that moment you really you definitely did see kind of where where he was coming from and sort of like the life he had led and like just oh i didn't think that i would get sad that eli died but yeah i totally did (laughs) 
Same here. And you know what's funny is once... Because they, they did a really good job of, like, building up their friendship. Mm-hmm. Showing yeah. that, that, you know, at the end of the day, they're both children. Especially yeah. with that whole card battle thing, which made me laugh hysterically, honestly. <laughs> I was just like, wow, they're doing a Pokemon card battle just with their brains <laughs> and their little boys. Um, and then uh, seeing, you know, their friendship blossom and, and mm-hmm. the whatnot and trying to work together. But here's the catch. One, once he died, I realized... Wait a second. They just Walking Dead. They just Walking Dead at Eli. Like, because that's what the Walking Dead used to do all the time. Like, they would just have one episode with this epic flashback and all these great memories and moments right before. And then they killed him. Exactly. And I was like, oh, you sons of bitches. (laughs) But, like, I still love that scene. And if there was one casualty in the show, because I think Eli might be the only real significant casualty except outside of the golf team, which is more of a joke. Yeah. Yeah. Um,. Like that, it was totally worth it. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Although I, um, do you think after that scene, Hoyle does Hoyle live or does he die? He he's alive. He just got sodomized by the giant by the giant uh, dog giant pug. Yeah, I think <laughs> okay. I don't think that'll kill you. I think okay. that's just okay. Because I was yeah. like, is he being humped or is he being eaten? Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty. No, he was definitely getting. He was getting humped, and <laughs> I think. It, given how the show seems to be going, I think a recurring joke might be like they just find him and they put him in an even more horrible situation. Nice, because because yeah. I mean he was a bully. Yeah. Yeah. So. Hmm. Yeah. Totally. <coughs> oh, man. Well, he was hoping that we get a se- uh, season two. Um, mm-hmm. I do. You, what do you think the chances are that they're gonna get it? Um, it comes down to reception and stuff, right? Yeah. So, like, criti- critics critics weren't the biggest fan of this show, but the fan output's been pretty positive. And I think if, I mean, as, like, an endorsement why you should watch the show, just personally, um, A, it's Halloween, and B, zombies, but, uh, C, it's, it's very funny and over the top. It's, like, community with kids, except in the apocalypse with yes. zombies. And they um, do such an amazing job with the soundtrack. Like, I know you and I were talking the other day about all the yes. really good music. And, like, the fact that they used Smashing Pumpkins so many times, it was... I was like, wait, am I hearing these things? But no, it did, right? It totally happened. No, <laughs> no absolutely. Like, they kept playing uh, today, and that that was awesome. The, the music in this was just incredible overall. Yeah, it was, it was weird. so good. Like, even Morrissey, like, it was so good. <laughs> mm-hmm. Wu-Tang, they had that. Oh, they had like, Wu-Tang, they had, yeah. Uh, they had... Yeah. They just had so many good pieces, like, from everywhere. That's the other thing, too, is, like, the the styles was just very multi-generational, despite the fact that it's very much for Generation Z. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. All right. Well, we're at the 30-minute mark, so on that note, um, final thoughts, I guess, on Daybreak? A very binge-worthy series that you should um, definitely get comfortable for because it will tug on your heartstrings, make you laugh, make you cry, and um, make you wish you were 17 again. (laughs) Um, For me, uh, definitely just before you go into this, catch up on all your nerdy pop culture because we're talking Breaking Bad, Game of Thrones, Star Wars, all that shit's in there. It's worth a second watch even because just to catch all the references. But yeah. 
All right. So um, on that note, uh, this has been TV Talk episode 20. Uh, I was your host, Christian. Uh, you can follow me on uh, XN underscore Angelus on Twitter and Instagram and XN Angelus on Twitter. Uh, Actually, no, just those two. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I thought there was a third one. Anyway, uh, Nicole? Um, you can follow me on Twitter at NAAXE. And, of course, follow us at The Workprint on Twitter, Instagram, and on Facebook. And awesome. also, go read Christian's review. Oh, and yeah, watch yeah, our and videos. Oh, yeah, and watch our videos of interviews with the cast and the executive producers on YouTube. Yes. Yes, and I also attached a link to Nicole's article in my article as well, so you can check that out too. Oh, yay! yay. Well, yeah. thank you guys for listening, and until next time, right? Absolutely. All right, everyone, happy Halloween! Oh, happy Halloween! <laughs> <laughs> Bye. <laughs>